All right. Have everyone for the, the grand double length AMA. Not sure we'll go the entire time, but we'll see how many questions there are. I uh, wanted to kick things off real quick with the announcement of the bean count, uh, the Guess the Beans giveaway. Okay, let's see if the winner is, is here. No, that, that was not a requirement. All right, so the, the count of the beans <clears throat> was 869, and I did it myself, and a half bean counted as a half bean. There were two half beans. And the closest one was Ereal at 850. So congratulations, Ereal. Uh, and second, second honorable mention was uh, we have Snaked at 843. We have Bean Counter at 903. So um, that is that. Um, well, we're already 731 here. So uh, without much further ado, we can hand it over to Publius. Um, we do have the meetings on Thursday for the DAO. Uh, there's a lot of new snapshot um, snapshots up for vote, so head over to snapshot. There should be an announcement in the announcement channel for that. And other than that, Publius, uh, uh, go ahead. Thanks, Dumplin. So we're going to run this how we typically run the AMAs, which is you know a little bit more long form and very much open-ended and so anything that is on people's mind or they're curious about or concerned about uh, or would like more information about for whatever reason you know feel free to come up here and ask your questions you can raise your hand and we'll bring you up here and i think dumpling maybe ipo and chill will help moderate and we're happy to answer you know, whatever's on your mind. Yep. Uh, IPO, I, I can't bring you up on stage, but you can just come up on stage. So just try to come up. I think we've just given Otto permission to come up on stage. I'm sure you'll come up pretty soon, IPO. Um, sorry, IPO. I think hey, you have to. I think you have to take your hand down, and then you can rejoin. Uh, so I think you have to cancel your request, IPO. I'm going to look into the settings for this because this seems to be a recurring thing. We should probably either make it hands or or no hands. Um, okay, so you can either make post your questions in the AMA questions, which we already uh, looks like we have a couple. Um, so we'll start there, and then you can also raise your hand, and people can feel free to come up on stage. Okay, so from uh, Poussance, we have, how is Beanstalk Farms funded at present? And how will Beanstalk Farms be funded in its decentralized future? Beanstalk Farms was recently uh, funded for the first quarter of 2022 uh, by BIP-8, which uh, the silo voted to mint additional beans, uh, in total 2 million beans, and allocate 60% uh, of them to Beanstalk Farms and uh, the remaining 40% to Bean Sprout. 
And so Beanstalk Farms has uh, 1.2 million beans to uh, operate through the end of the quarter. And that was funded by the silo. Uh, in terms of long-term funding, uh, in general, the hope is that, you know, maintenance for Beanstalk uh, and like the protocol itself will decrease over time. Uh, right now, there's a lot of growth uh, necessary in terms of development of the protocol and uh, a lot of different things around the protocol, whereas perhaps in, in a little bit of a longer term time horizon, there will be a larger ecosystem around Beanstalk that doesn't necessarily need to be entirely funded by the silo. So our expectation is that that amount of funding on a quarterly basis probably won't increase uh, too much uh, beyond what it currently is, um, at least for the time being, uh, Beanstalk's current size. And with regards to maintaining uh, that in a decentralized fashion, the hope is to continue to further improve the decentralization of uh, the teams working on Beanstalk. And so the, the one of the benefits of the structure of the BIP-8 funding is that Beanstalk Farms and Beansprout are uh, funded somewhat independently. And so there is now uh, two separate, even though they're obviously coordinating, two separate uh, independent operations working on making Beanstalk the ubiquitous stablecoin of DeFi. So uh, in general, that's pretty exciting. The where the protocol has come over the past five months and our expectation is that uh, from a, a development perspective, the team that is supporting Beanstalk will continue to be, you know, increasing in its decentralization over time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the silo will um, not continue to have uh, funding and grants for various uh, things that benefit Beanstalk. IPO, welcome Don't to the stage. Hey. Yeah, no, it was weird. I had to, I'm doing it on a desktop, so I had to rewind. But um, thanks for bringing me up. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, let's let's keep it going. I, I guess the only thing I just wanted to say, um, I'm looking in the audience, looks like there are a couple of new folks. You know, what? Welcome to the first 2022 Beanstalk AMA in, in lieu of class. You know, most of the class sessions to operate like AMAs anyway, but like Publius and, and Dumpling said, you know, this is a bit longer form. No question is out of bounds. So obviously if you have questions, you can put them in the AMA questions channel as some of you already have, or, you know, as we get through the conversation, feel free to raise your hand and you can bring up on stage. This is being recorded as you'll see if you're looking at the users. So in the event you do have to drop off a little bit later or, or even now you can listen to it at a later time via Spotify or the other channels along with the other AMAs. And, you know, if you're new to Beanstalk, the AMAs really are the best opportunity not just to ask questions, but even to just listen and, and learn if you don't know enough to ask anything at all. You know, I, I tend to learn something new every single time I, I join one of these. So I'm um, super excited to be here. And obviously, if, uh, you know, not, not to have to say this, but I think, I, I think we're all adults here, uh, although you can't tell from the profile pictures. But, you know, obviously, uh, this is a uh, a forum for us to just learn and uh you know basically build the community so any kind of disruptive behavior obviously won't be tolerated but we've never had a problem with that and, and we continue to not have problems with that so that's all good but 
Um, I guess before we get into some of these questions, you know, we obviously we got into one. Um, I think it would be a good idea, Publius, just to level set, you know, in terms of we're in 2022, there's a, a ton of stuff going on. You know, what what are the the key big things that we're looking to do in this quarter? Thank you, IPO and Jill. It's nice to have you up here. <clears throat> we have, you know, on the one hand, when it comes to timing things out specifically, uh, it's a little bit difficult to project how much we'll be able to get done in Q1 specifically. Um, so to lay out what the next couple of weeks and months look like, and that may uh, extend into longer than that, um, the, the model has continued to be refined over the past couple of weeks through things like BIP9, and while there are some more, you know, more and more minor tweaks, if you will, to the, the model we can make to improve its efficiency, uh, in general, the beanstalk changes itself are going to decrease in in scope going forward. Uh, instead, uh, the focus is now on building out a larger ecosystem around beanstalk, which consists of liquidity around a variety of beanstalk's assets, so pods, stock, and seeds, and continuously improving liquidity for beans as well. So this week, uh, Beanstalk Farms deployed a Bean 3 curve pool on curve, which currently still doesn't have uh, a lot of liquidity particularly, uh, but that's mainly because there are no incentives in any capacity for adding liquidity. And over the next month, one of the things that we hope to accomplish is to incorporate the bean three curve pool into the silo uh, and into the minting schedule for beanstalk. So have the three curve pool fully integrated into beanstalk. And then also to make a proposal to have the bean three curve pool listed on curve, which will hopefully also open up beanstalk to a wider audience that may not immediately be interested in beanstalk native interest at the start. So uh, over the month of January, and it may leak into February, we hope to integrate Curve into Beanstalk. Now, beyond that, uh, the hope is to add convert functionality so that you can convert between the Curve pool and the Uniswap pool uh, efficiently uh, within the silo. Uh, but uh, that might take a little bit more development time because it is a little bit more complex. But in general, one of the things that is on our radar is to fully integrate Curve and the Curve pool into Beanstalk. Now, uh, another thing that's on the radar for January is the pod marketplace. So the hope is that before the end of the month, uh, the V1 for the pod marketplace uh, can be proposed as a BIP. Uh, and the pod marketplace is very exciting because it should both introduce a lot of or create a lot of utility for 
pods, which can have a generally positive effect on the demand for soil in general, but also is likely to create some demand for beans because of the structure of the market. So uh, one of the things that goes into the analysis of how to build things out is to ensure that, uh, or at least uh, to, to optimize around uh, having it have a net a positive effect, effect on demand for beans. And so in the case of the pod marketplace, uh, bids will be in denominated in beans. And accordingly, even to place a bid, uh, that requires you to own beans. Uh, so that if someone uh, has a plot and sells it into your bid, uh, you know, there's no additional action necessary from the bidder. Um, they need to deposit the beans or stake the beans into the pod marketplace. And so uh, that's an example of in the over the next couple of weeks, another uh, not change, but a, a, another step in the right direction for Beanstalk to build out its 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 ecosystem. Now, beyond pod liquidity through the pod marketplace, the stock and seeds uh, should become fungible in the not too distant future. So now we probably get into February, uh, maybe even March. Um, but the hope is to have uh, our, our intention is to deploy a balancer bean stock and seed pool and to allow, uh, similar to the curve integration, to allow uh, the LP tokens for the for the balancer pool to be deposited in the silo as well and receive additional stock and seeds. Now, in order to prevent excess stock and seed inflation, you probably won't receive uh, as many stock and seeds per bean denominated value deposited. Um, we're still figuring out the finer details of those rates uh, and the best way to set that uh, from a theoretical perspective, at least. Um, but in general, the hope is that by the end of the quarter, there will be real liquidity on pods, stock, and seeds. Uh, and the nature of the stock and seed balancer pool deployment where you need bean stock and seeds uh, will likely result in a lot of the beans that are currently in the silo uh, moving over to the balancer pool. So our expectation is that the assets within the silo are going to have increased utility in the near future uh, through the stock and seed pool. So those are over the next couple of months, uh, the beanstalk native uh, pieces of development that we're focused on. Now, as the ecosystem continues to grow, the hope is that there are uh, other protocols that are either independently or through coordination with Beanstalk Farms or Bean Sprout, starting to work uh, on Beanstalk and utilize beans or various assets within the ecosystem. And so in addition to just Beanstalk Farms doing its, its job of continuing to work on the development of the protocol, uh, the hope is that their Beanstalk starts to be integrated within the larger Ethereum DeFi ecosystem. Uh, at some point over the next two months, we do hope to have 
the initial audit from Omnisha completed. Now there is going to be a little bit of complexity because we are continuing to push out uh, so much, uh, so many bits in short fashion that uh, even as they start to review one version of the code, uh, things continue to change, uh, like the addition of the pod marketplace through a BIP. Uh, and so there may need to be uh, an extension of the Omnisha audit beyond its just initial stage to get to a place where the latest version of the code is up to date. Um, but in general, we're excited that they've started the audit and are you know, working on auditing Beanstalk. So that's exciting. And beyond, that would probably be, you know, the extent of the goals that we're willing to uh, commit to for Q1. Um, to, to be perhaps a little bit more ambitious, um, and if it's unlikely to happen within Q1, although um, there's a lot of positive things happening around Beanstalk that it's possible, but it's more likely to be in Q2, where Beanstalk starts to have uh, Beanstalk deployments on various uh, other blockchains in addition to Ethereum. And so we've been doing a lot of research on various uh, cross-chain uh, bridging uh, and more importantly, messaging uh, solutions such that the various Beanstalk contracts that are on the different uh, blockchains will be able to communicate back and forth. And we're highly encouraged by Seller Network uh, we found them to be uh, very much ahead of the curve, and we think that within the not-too-distant future, that will enable uh, a more generalized cross-chain beanstalk infrastructure or implementation. And our hope in the spirit of really maximizing the extent of the decentralization here is to actually find at least one other high-quality uh, cross-chain messaging platform to also facilitate uh, you know, sort of like a double check or even a triple check if we can find more than one, such that there's there's very little risk um, that any single actor or set of actors can have an adverse effect on the entire Beanstalk ecosystem. So uh, that might that might be more like what, what Q2 goals look like, um, but we are talking to AVAX and, um, you know, hoping to, to get the conversation started with Solana uh, in the near future as well. So there's a lot of, you know, and that's in addition to ETHL2s. So there's a lot of very exciting, larger long-term developments that Beanstalk Farms is actively working on. But for Q1, uh, you know, we're, we're focused on getting liquidity to all of the Beanstalk native assets and, uh, you know, helping uh, facilitate integrations uh, across Ethereum mainnet. Those would be the main priorities at the moment. Wow, thank you. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, you know, for those listening, just to recap, you know, we, or even even to step back a little bit, heading into 2022, we had a pretty major development. We had the price, effectively, the the price stability development that passed, where folks can convert either uh, ETH into beans or beans into ETH, depending on the price of bean and that's reflected in the price of bean, as you can see, even as the broader market continues to bleed. Um, and then the things you mentioned were, you know, many of those things are top of mind for folks looking at the questions, but the curb pool, the pod marketplace, we still have the NFT 
uh, NFTs part two going. So if you haven't grabbed your NFT, feel free to go do that. And, you know, that's also resulted in the Omnisha audit being funded, which you touched on. So certainly a lot going on. And to your point, a very, very, shouldn't really be considered ambitious, but uh, a very active, I should say, Q1 heading Q2. A couple of things to talk about. You mentioned seed and stock fungibility and liquidity. Uh, the community continues to be very, very excited for this. What are some of the concerns, uh, if if there are any, of how those would trade? You know, for instance, one that was mentioned: What if, in some situation, the relative price of stock to beans, you know, becomes very, very high, or or become you know somewhat ridiculous to the point where it becomes hard for folks to either um, withdraw beans because they'll lose too much stock or they'll get an, a crazy amount of stock by simply depositing bean uh, given you know how it could be trading. Is, is that something that is a concern or something we've thought about? Yeah, it's the initial rollout of the stock and seed bean balancer pool is 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 a little bit more complex to do properly than the bean three curve pool rollout because of uh the unique nature of the relationship between bean stock and seeds so there is potentially problems if they're priced too high and similarly potentially problems if they're priced too low relative to a bean so uh, the question that was asked, I believe, said, well, what if it's like five beans per stock? Uh, the arbitrage opportunity to uh, sell that one stock into five beans and then deposit those five beans in the silo for five stock plus additional seeds uh, effectively makes that situation impossible. Um, however, in a scenario where uh, one stock and two seeds, which is roughly the, you know, what you would expect, assuming that there was no additional inflation grown stock or from uh, additional, like, you know, putting stock and seeds and beans in the pool, uh, you would expect the price to be around one bean is equal to around one stock plus two seeds. And if you enable uh, rolling that over, so now you deposit your bean, you get one stock and two seeds, and then you can immediately convert all of that into balancer LP and then receive additional stock and seeds. If the bean denominated value of that is really high, uh, and on top of that, you get a high number of stock and seeds per bean denominated value that you deposit, that could result in excess stock and seed inflation, which isn't the worst thing in the world because that would just result in a decrease in the price. But at the same time, you don't want the price to go too low, which would be one of the reasons you don't want the price to be too high at the beginning to cause excess inflation. Because if you're able to buy, you know, 10 stock and 20 seeds on the open market for one bean, let's call it, there may not be as much of an incentive to buy a bean on the open market and deposit it in the silo as much as there is just an incentive to buy stock and seeds. And so the obviously if the balancer pool is bean stock and seeds, you still need to acquire beans 
to buy stock in seeds, but there's there's an interesting interplay between how that could affect outflows of beans because if someone has deposited beans where they only got one stock and two seeds and you know maybe that's turned into two stock and two seeds and now they can take that one bean withdrawn from the silo and buy 10 stock and 20 seeds that they're probably going to do that that may not cause an outflow from the ecosystem uh, that may just lead to an equilibrium in the stock and seed price at some point but there is something to be said for trying to get the initial rollout uh, done in a way such that there's uh, less volatility than might exist in a in a state where there's a suboptimal rollout. But in general, uh, we don't expect there to be a particularly large risk associated with the stock and seed rollout um, from an economic perspective, given that the pool requires in order for you to buy stock and seeds, you need beans. Um, but as we discussed, there are some some risks associated with excess volatility that could be caused from this launch if stock and seeds are improperly priced and there's you know excess liquidity at a at a at a bad price. Got it. And even ahead of the launch for fungibility or tradability between stock and seeds and bean and and the other coins in the ecosystem. Right now, and or since the inception of the protocol, it seems the relative, there obviously is a relative difference between the amount of seeds that you get. If you put beans in the silo, you get two. If you put beans in the LP, you get four. You know, theoretically, in, you know, in, if, if folks are acting super rationally and they have a long-term view, then that would theoretically incentivize you know, more entry into the LP, you know, all else equaled. Is that something that we would reconsider at any point in time? For instance, if we were to change the relative amount of seeds that you get for either of those actions, you know, meaning let's say, you know, we were to change via BIP or however it is, you know, now for every bean deposit into the silo, you still get two seeds, but into the LP, you get 10. Uh, is that something we've considered or you would consider? And if so, what would the effects of that be, negative or positive? Yes, it's something that's certainly been thought of and is related to how do you reward stock and seeds for the bean stock and seed pool, for example. It's probably inappropriate to award the same amount for stock and seed liquidity as it is for the uh, bean ETH pool, for example. So this might be a good time to discuss uh, perhaps more of the generalized architecture that we are working on at Beanstalk Farms to build out for the silo, which is that uh, similar to how like a balance or vault works, where once the assets are in the vault, you can sort of trade them in and out to other assets and move them back and forth within the vault. Uh, the hope is to turn the bean farm into a similar style vault, where right now you can take your beans and you know, withdraw them from the silo and claim and sow them, you know, within the, the bean farm, if you will. But the hope is to build out a generalized infrastructure that allows uh, and supports sort of arbitrary assets. So in addition to, you know, one of the ideas that we've discussed in the past was the ability to take your Ethereum, for example, uh, and then send that Ethereum to Beanstalk and then have Beanstalk 
buy and so buy beans and sow them or buy beans and deposit them. And then later on, you can withdraw Ethereum back plus or minus your gains or losses or leave the excess in beans. And the this architecture will basically support that from a generalized perspective where you'll be able to send any assets to Beanstalk um, and then uh, either buy and sell with those assets where Beanstalk will take them and buy, buy beans with them and sell them or deposit them. Um, but then more generally, the hope is to also support uh, through effectively a whitelist that the DAO will vote on uh, different LP tokens and assets that are supported uh, to be deposited within the silo. And so uh, the way that that infrastructure will effectively work is uh, the bean denominated value of the LP tokens is the way that Beanstalk will denominate things. So each pool will require a bean denominated value formula associated with it. And then the DAO will need to approve, and it is somewhat arbitrary, the amount of stock and amount of seeds per bean denominated value deposited for each LP token and beans or potentially other assets as well. And so there's a lot of flexibility there. And um, as the ecosystem grows, there is something to be said for repricing the stock and seeds uh, per bean denominated value for different assets, uh, if that makes sense. Got it. And and I guess as we you mentioned this in your first comments about going potentially cross-chain or operating multi-chain. And you know, when we think about all this stuff in the future, having multiple tokens in the ecosystem, you know, what what exactly are the trade-offs? And you know, I, I would love actually love to hear this because I'm trying to wrap my head around this myself. You know, we've we've had a, a few discussions in the chat about either going cross-chain. And then a few discussions about Beanstalk itself existing on multiple chains. What exactly does that even mean uh, in, in either implementation? And, and what, if any, are, are the trade-offs of, of going one way or another, whether it's cross-chain or multi-chain? So that, it's good to be clear. And this is one of the places where uh, two things more or less mean the same thing, but at the same time, there are various different ways to be cross-chain or multi-chain. So we don't have necessarily a distinction to make between cross-chain and multi-chain and generally use them interchangeably, but there is a difference between having uh, a bridge and bridging assets to another chain and deploying being stock natively on other chains. So the two different versions in practice would be the in one case you only have Beanstalk the contract running on Ethereum and then you can take your beans or your stock and your seeds and move them over to another chain to arm them or do whatever you want or use them on an L2 or whatever you'd like. But Deploying Beanstalk on other chains enables uh, you to deposit beans in Beanstalk on any of the chains which Beanstalk exists on, or sow beans in the pod line from any of the chains that Beanstalk exists on. Or more generally, if we talk about 
the the more general bean farm vault structure that is being developed, you'll be able to take an asset that has liquidity against beans on one chain that Beanstalk exists on and trade that into assets on another chain that Beanstalk has liquidity with on that chain, assuming that there's a Beanstalk deployed on both of those chains. And with the exception of slippage on those exchanges, there shouldn't be any additional fees associated with that. And therefore, Beanstalk, because it can exist and be deployed on a wide variety of different chains, Beanstalk does offer, uh, as compared to something like Terra Luna, um, native interest uh, on a variety of different chains, as opposed to needing to bridge the assets to different chains. And if you think about the risk profile of being in the silo where you already have the risk exposure of owning beans and this, you know, the security risk of the smart contracts and the ability for beans to maintain the peg because you own the beans, the return for being in the silo does somewhat resemble a risk-free interest rate. And so the ability to deploy a beanstalk contract on a wide variety of different chains means that you'll be able to access a risk-free interest rate on any of those chains that Beanstalk exists on, which is very unique. Thank you. That's uh, that helps clear it up. I'll have to do some more research on my own. In, I mean, look in in terms of, you know what what would be ideal, you know, how, how do, how do we look at this from an ideal perspective? You know, what, what would be the best for a beanstalk? So when it comes to ideal, one of the realities of the state of the technology of blockchains, uh, and technology built on cryptographic primitives is that they're still not great at talking to one another. And so while we were highly encouraged by Seller Network, uh, and they have a proof of stake uh, blockchain that will allow uh, or support up to hundred, hundreds of validators, uh, they currently only have around two dozen, or when we spoke to them, they had a little under two dozen, but that was a little while ago, and they had just launched their their new chain. So things are still early from a cross-chain infrastructure perspective across the board. And while Beanstalk doesn't need particularly sophisticated uh, cross-chain messaging, it does need to be able to trust those messages. And so having more than one uh, different chain that can provide sort of redundant messages will will go a long way towards creating that ideal solution. But the beyond that layer of complexity, which will take a little bit of work to iron out and potentially find other bridges beyond seller that Beanstalk can support, the, the ideal implementation is somewhat native to Beanstalk in the sense that Beanstalk is very easily deployed on 
and Ethereum Layer 2 are very easily deployed on AVAX and obviously not so easily deployed on Solana, but uh, with with a little bit of development can also be deployed on Solana. So the the ideal implementation is within reach because of the native architecture of Beanstalk, uh, but there is some real development work to be done to get from here to there. Understood. Yeah, we've discussed this a little bit in the Twitter spaces as well. And just from a consumer perspective, you know, ETH continues to be very expensive to transact on. So in the event that it is available or Beanstalk is available on some of the more cheaper chains like you know, AVAX or maybe even a Solana, that might, you know, that might attract some folks who who may be priced out, um, especially, you know, if we're going to be entering a, a realm where there are many different types of tradable tokens and, you know, each comes with some some form of a, a transaction cost. Uh, last last question, I, I think at least, unless there's more. And and once again, if you're in the crowd, feel free to either dump a question to the AMA dash questions channel under Beanstalk and University in the Discord, or or this is easier, just raise your hand. Um, and we do have a hand raised, actually, humble farmer. Uh, you know, maybe why don't we take a little break and bring bring up humble farmer for a for a quick cue. Hi guys, can you hear me? Yeah, thank you for uh, bringing me up. Um, I, I wanted to discuss um, um, the weather. I've, I've started this conversation on the economics channel, and I was wondering if we um, we can talk a little bit about it here. Um, this this is more of like um, like brainstorming, and then you, you let me know like what you think uh, of it. My understanding is is right now the way that the weather changes, um, the direction depends on, on on are we above or below the peg, and then how far are we from um, the equilibrium that we want, or like the ideal depth, and then the acceleration uh, depends on the demand of the soil. So uh, this is like how fast we go, and 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 it's capped at three percent. Uh, this is as fast as uh, uh, the weather would increase or uh, or decrease. Uh, I, I was thinking, would it would it make more sense if we have um, first of all weather to change as a percentage uh, uh, of the current weather? So it's it's not capped at three percent. It would be a percentage of what's the current weather, and then have it move depending on how far are we from the peg, which will implicitly uh, bring in uh, the demand for the soil. So for example, if we're close to one. Uh, then we don't really need uh, the weather to, uh, I didn't mean that we don't really need it, I don't know if, if, if this is how it will turn out to be or not, but if we're close to uh, uh, to the peg, then uh, weather can uh, go down instead of uh, continuing to increase, and if we're far away from the peg, that's when the weather can, can increase and, and can go uh, at a much higher rate than 3%, and the rationale or the thinking behind it is you know the further we are away from the peg, then we want to give a higher incentive for people to uh, jump in right now and and so. Um, and as soon as we're just moving closer to the peg, it doesn't have we don't have to cl- uh, to cross peg. Uh, then the weather will go down. Uh, it will you'll still have an interest rate, but it, it doesn't have to be as high as uh, uh, as uh, far away it was uh, from the peg. Does this make sense? And if it does, uh, tell me what do you think uh, about it. So. <clears throat> love where your head is at and the way that you classified the mechanism uh, is generally entirely correct now the weather changes are first and foremost designed to encourage an efficient soil market and so it's very much a, a behavioral economics question and 
you highlighted that with some of your ideas. Now, as a starting point, let's evaluate where Beanstalk is right now. It has a particularly high weather rate of over 4,100%, and the weather moving 3% is pretty slow. Now, if Beanstalk changed the weather as a percentage of the weather, that would lead it to start to increase the weather exponentially during periods of time where there was not demand for soil, which on the one hand does potentially increase the rate at which Beanstalk will find the optimal weather rate, but on the other hand does increase the reward for waiting the marginal season or two seasons uh, to sow. And so, and it also greatly increases the cost that Beanstalk has to pay to lenders. And so given that at, at the margin, it may actually cause people to be more hesitant and wait, um, having the weather increase in a linear fashion, especially during periods where uh, the weather is on the higher end and there's just not a lot of demand for soil in this range, um, it's probably less a question of should the weather be 4,100% or 4,200% and more a question of continuing to bring Beanstalk to a wider audience and dem you know, demonstrating that even, even at its high weather, it continues to oscillate the price above and below the peg. Now, it's also helpful to think about how the weather changes work when there's a much lower weather, let's call it single or double digits where a one to 3% weather change is much larger. And so in those scenarios, they have more of this effect already where the, you know, as we just discussed in the case where you have very high weather and now you're changing the weather as a percent where the weather is increasing 40% in a season maybe. Uh, similarly, if the weather was 10% and now it could be 13%, that is at the margin a big difference. And so the, when, the, when the weather is lower, it does actually play more into this uh, inefficient market. But at the same time, if you move the weather as a percentage of the weather when it's 1%, for example, um, it may never go up fast enough. And that's how you create a real positive or a real negative feedback loop uh, or a larger debt cycle. And so the point is when Beanstalk is in a more sustainable position with a lower weather, it's happy to be a little bit more aggressive and maybe at the margin be slightly inefficient on the soil, but quickly find the efficient weather rate necessary or the, 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 weather, necess the weather necessary to attract a demand for soil to return the price to the peg. But in general, like once we get into the longer uh, debt cycles where the weather is going to be in the higher hundreds or even thousands, uh, it doesn't benefit Beanstalk to quickly increase the weather from 4,000 to 5,000 to 6,000 to 10,000 because that's how you very quickly enter a death spiral. So it's better to take it slow and steady. Um, at the same time, we would say that we don't think that the way that the weather changes are set are, are optimal. Uh, this is one of the places where we think the model can continue to be improved. So we would highlight two places. One is measuring demand for soil, particularly after BIP-9, it's almost always uh, executing the complex weather. And 
well, that's fine. Um, the economic problem of how do you measure or consistently measure or come up with some sort of consistent measure for demand for an asset that has a very volatile supply from season to season, you know, when the price is above one, you may have 5,000 soil. When the price is below one, you may have 50,000 soil. How do you compare demand from season to season? So that's one place that can be further improved from an efficiency perspective under the new rules. And a somewhat related question is, uh, maybe there are certain scenarios separate from changing, you know, the weather changes from 1% to 3% uh, or, or somewhere in that range. There might be certain cases where it's beneficial to Beanstalk to uh, decrease the weather, maybe 10% in a season, just to test out whether it can, it can pay a lower weather. So maybe if there are consecutive seasons where the TWAP is greater than one, it jumps. Um, and again, we're hesitant to have it on the flip side where if there are consecutive seasons below a dollar, it jumps because Beanstalk isn't necessarily in a rush to jump the weather up. And that does come with its own uh, negative effect on individual behavior. So uh, those are some thoughts on the weather. We definitely agree it's not perfect, but would be hesitant to make the change to the changing the weather as a percent of the weather, although that's certainly an idea we've considered at length. Uh, th thanks, Publius. And, uh, and I agree with you uh, with regards to having the weather increases, percentage of the weather as it's increasing uh, can, can lead us uh, to a death spiral. I was thinking having the weather per change as a percentage of the weather, depending on how far are we from the, pe uh, from the peg. So once again, uh, you know, if we're like close to a dollar, uh, then the weather would actually decrease. And as if we're far away from the dollar, uh, uh, then the weather would increase. So it, it, right now, where we are is that the weather will only start to decrease once you know we are above uh, uh, the peg for some time, or you know which which is when the demand uh, for the soil is there. If we measure the demand of soil implicitly, but because you know if 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 the if the bean price is far away from the peg, that tells you that you know the demand is low, or uh, when it's higher than the demand is there. So we we kind of already have a measure of uh, the demand of soil through the, the, the price of uh, bean itself. So the thinking again is if we're f far away from the peg or as we're going away from uh, from the dollar, instead of right now, but we're only seeing are we above or below, we want to see how far are we from the from the dollar. And if we're far away, then we'll have weather increase and it increases at a much faster rate. It doesn't have to be that 3%, so it becomes, it, beca it becomes as a percentage. And as we're going closer to the dollar, then the weather would decrease uh, and, it, and it decrease again fast. My thinking again is that this will change the incentive of how uh, 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 people think. So, you know, you, we don't know right, right now, we know that it will take a, a lot of time, for example, for uh, the weather to start decreasing, uh, um, given that, you know, at, at, at the rate it decreases. But if, if, if as, as the uh, price of the bean goes towards the peg, then the weather will, will go down. It will, will still have some percentage to continue reaching uh, to the dollar that we want, but it won't be 4,000. It can become like 2,000 suddenly. And if we go again to like 90 cents, then it goes again to like 4,000 or so on. I'm so, not sure if, if, if this is clear or, or it makes sense or not. Lo love where your head is at. Love where your head is at. And in general, this is a very interesting idea. Um, very interesting. There are two concerns. One is... To us, we would actually look at the price deviation from the peg as less of an indication of where the weather is at relative to the optimal level 
as compared to the consecutive seasons below the peg. Um, that's just our initial reaction. Um, and specifically in instances where there's extended periods significantly below the peg, you know, demand for soil is still probably a better reference point. And we're hesitant to introduce additional complexity to the model, which has been built on sort of as much simplicity as possible. But at the same time, you do raise a very interesting additional way that similar data points can be further incorporated into the model, which is really neat. One thing that we're hesitant of is, or, you know, take into consideration, which comes to mind in your proposal, is whether this potentially, let's say we switch to the TWAP idea, where if there are consecutive seasons below a dollar, uh, the weather increases more. That may increase the reward for some sort of price manipulation where someone is willing to bear the cost to keep the, the TWAP below a dollar to, to, to create a marginal additional increase in the weather. But speaking out loud, that actually doesn't seem particularly likely. And there is something to be said for maybe based on the consecutive seasons that, that have you know, had a TWAP below a dollar, maybe slightly increase the weight that the weather increases. But again, that might get you into closer to moving things up too aggressively, because it's like if today the weather was 4,400 instead of 4,100, because there have been consecutive seasons below a dollar, honestly not sure that would have Beanstalk in a better position based on the current market that it's in, where uh, it's more a question of attracting uh, a newer audience based on its already general proof of concept of returning the price to the peg, and that newer audience will hopefully help Beanstalk deleverage under its new rules. but. This is a very interesting idea, and we would have to give it more thought to to really to give you a better answer. But you know, very impressed by 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 this idea, and you know, we'll definitely be giving it some more thought on our end. Uh, thanks, Publius. My last question is: Do we have uh, a way to simulate uh, the protocol if we want to play around and you know, like just play around even with the demand and the supply of of beans and see how, how the model is reacting? Do we have something that's off off chain? that we can run this? Is, is this something that's modeled somewhere? So one of the things that we're actively trying to develop uh, at Beanstalk Farms is a really best-in-class suite of analytics tools. Uh, at the moment, nothing like that really exists uh, that, you know, that would really fulfill what you're talking about. But in general, you know, there are community members that are working on various, uh, you know, various analytics tools like Bernoulli Bean. And additionally, you, I mean, Publius, do you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, um, you know, just was going to say um, that you can, you know, just uh, deploy a new Bean a local blockchain node and you know test through that you can also use the robson tester metamask to robson you can access beanstalk on the test network um and you can call seasons there and do everything so those are a few options 
thank you. Is there a guide on, on how to do that? Um, I, I kind of understand uh, what these networks are, but is, is there a way where I can read more on how can I access that and, and, and play around um, in that environment? Um, not currently, but if you DM us, we can answer all your questions and, you know, maybe put I, th I think you're cutting out, but what you're saying is that I'll DM you and then maybe you can give us instructions, which I will do. Uh, thank yeah, you, Publius and Publius. Totally. And maybe we can work together to make it go. So, sounds great. Thank you very much. appreciate uh, your time answering my questions. All right. Thank you, Mod323. And by the way, that's... Uh... It's a mighty fine bean profile picture you got there. It's got the hat, the goggles. Um, if if anyone else has you know any questions, you know feel free to raise your hand here. We'll bring you up or dump them into the the AMA questions. Um, so I guess moving moving forward slightly, you know we're coming up on the hour, obviously. So just want to take a take a quick look at the future, you know, unless we have any more questions on on what's going on in the present. But, you know, to the to the point of I was just staring at the protocol to the point of the weather and the pods and the pod line in general deleveraging, you know, this continues to obviously be a theme in Beanstalk and and we've passed a few bips. We've continued to, you know, think through different ways to mechanically deleverage aside from, you know, the obvious obvious solution of bringing in more folks, which we're also working on, you know, Publius or, or you know, Dumpling or, or anyone really, if if you had to. If you had to sell this to someone, you know, from the perspective of someone looking at this protocol, someone new, you know, they're looking at a pod line that's got 580 million pods to potentially pay off. So it's about 1.2 million billion beans that would need to be produced. They're looking at uh, an LP in a silo that, uh, you know, the listed APYs are obviously small, but, you know, that that's not, you know, they're not actually APYs. They're looking at a silo and an LP that um, is, you know, effectively not paying out given the price of beans. Um, I guess what what would you if if you ran to someone on the street and they were like, hey, you know, I'm looking to get into um, some you know something in DeFi and you want to talk about Bean and and obviously you wouldn't tell them who you were, Publius, but uh, what what would you tell them? You know, what looking for someone looking at the protocol for the first time now, you know, what would you tell them in in order to get them to join and and potentially deploy some capital? So. We try to go out of our way not to sell Beanstalk uh, per se, and instead to just speak substantively about the protocol. But um, to try to speak to what you're asking about IPO and chill about uh, what the actual opportunity here is and why we're, we're so excited about Beanstalk. If you consider at a macro level, what's going on i mean there's so much to be excited about but the starting point is as compared to esd or dsd or basis cash or any of the other previous attempts at a purely algorithmic non-collateralized stablecoin uh, none of them have lived uh as long as beanstalk has lived beanstalk has now been alive for a little over five months uh whereas uh, the rest of them, uh, I think ESD lived the longest and was around four months. Uh, and 
Beanstalk seems to be in a relatively sustainable position from a peg maintenance perspective for the next couple of weeks. And even with ETH really down bad over the past couple of weeks, Beanstalk has hung out in the low 90s, despite the fact that prior to ETH taking a dip, there were still uh, excess uh, supply below a dollar, people willing to sell beans below a dollar. And so you combine that with an ETH dip, we're not particularly surprised by the period of time here below a dollar. But if you zoom out uh, at the price chart and take a look at uh, the all-time price chart, uh, that is, in our opinion, something to get super, super excited about, that the volatility seems to be coming down gradually and with hopefully an increase in the liquidity in the Bean 3 curve pool over time as it's integrated into Beanstalk, that will result in even less volatility around a dollar. Uh, the, the more general opportunity that gets us very excited comes comes from the specific economic position of Beanstalk. So currently the supply is only around 42 million beans. But on the pod line side of things, there's almost 600 million pods. And so as Beanstalk starts to pay off its debt uh, and increase its supply and decrease its pod rate, right? ultimately, Beanstalk is designed to optimize not just around the price, but around the debt level. As the debt level starts to come down and that proof of concept that Beanstalk isn't just able to oscillate the price above and below a dollar, but uh, is able to decrease its debt level over time, uh, our our expectation is that Beanstalk will, between all of the development happening with Beanstalk Farms and hopefully the growth around Beanstalk to supplement that, our hope is that Beanstalk will go through a larger deleveraging over the next three to six months and grow to around the size of uh, other uh, you know newer stablecoin implementations like Fay and Frax uh, and UST. And uh, in doing so, uh, you know, in deleveraging and growing to that size, Beanstalk will also demonstrate its, its model at a macro level and then be ready to, to hang with the big boys, if you will. So the, the hope is that, that that will all transpire over the next three to six months. And so, uh, not not to evaluate the specific risk return opportunity, but this this does, in our opinion, appear to be a very high high leverage opportunity for Beanstalk and its position within DeFi. And once you know, once things get going, and Beanstalk is at a couple billion beans and at the size of a fair frax, uh, it will be while still a very unique and interesting value proposition with much less risk associated with it because of the lower pod rate, um, there will also be less reward uh, in terms of a lower weather uh, to go along with that. And so uh, this is, if you believe in the opportunity ahead of Beanstalk, this is a fabulous time to to acquire exposure to Beanstalk. So uh, again, not trying to be a salesman in any capacity, but just looking at the opportunity ahead of Beanstalk from an economics perspective, 
uh, things do seem to be in the short term somewhat sustainable and in the long term very ripe for uh, larger growth. And IPO, just because you mentioned me, um, I'd step in as the as the salesman for just a second. Um, and I'd, I'd basically say that listening to Publius there, if I was chatting with those folks on the street, what I would probably say to them is, you know, here's some information about Beanstalk. Here's where I think it's going. And I would ask them to decide on a percent chance that we would reach, say, 1.2 billion. And if, they're, if they threw a percent back at me, like 5%, 10%, 20%, then I would take them to the field and I would say, by sowing these beans, you're offered a 41, 41 to 1 return. So as long as it's, you know, as long as you're getting, as long as you think there's a 2.5% chance, uh, then that's fair odds. And if you think there's a 25% chance, then that's pretty darn good uh, odds. So, you know, that's one way of looking at it. That's only one way of investing in Beanstalk. But um, I think that from my perspective and from all of, most of our perspectives here, I think we stand a pretty darn good shot of making this thing work. And new investors are being offered. Although, yeah, it's a long wait. Uh, it could be a long wait. That's a pretty amazing risk-reward opportunity. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. And um, might be something you could say to those those potential investors. There was one question uh, that I'll bring up after your um, IPO. I don't know if you had anything else, but yeah, there's another I, question. I, I might just add to that um, that to us, the most exciting development around Beanstalk is the growth of the DAO and the community uh, and Beanstalk Farms and the quality of individuals that are working uh, on Beanstalk in a part-time or full-time capacity and quitting their jobs to work full-time on Beanstalk, that gets us really excited about what what is to come. So uh, it's not just about economically, Beanstalk is uh, doing relatively well, which is fabulous. Uh, the quality of, of the support uh, around Beanstalk is getting to a level where we are starting to feel very good about the way that we've gone about developing Beanstalk, which is from the ground up very much, you know, no pre-mine, no team allocation, no pre-sale or anything like that. The, the proof is in the pudding with the quality of people that now have exposure to Beanstalk and want to commit themselves to making Beanstalk uh, a reality. So very, very exciting development uh, from that perspective. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And it's not, um, it's just, it is amazing to all the people who are, um, you know, working with everyone. And it's just a really great group of people. And um, yeah, so I actually don't, I don't go out and tell all of my friends or everyone to buy, to buy beans or to sow beans. But people have approached me and said, hey, what's this thing you're so obsessed with and what <laughs> that you've been spending so much time on? And I want to invest in it, you know? And so it's actually, it's kind of like, by not selling it, you know, you're almost selling it. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, that's, this is the ultimate goal, right? To be walking around uh, on the streets of wherever you are and people are just asking you about beans. So um, <laughs> we're, we're working hard to get bean to be uh, a household name. 
I, I was going to make that point, Publius, about the community. You know, it, it's just amazing to see. We almost have 2,000 folks in the Discord. We have active Twitter chatter, and it, it continues to grow. You know, maybe to talk a little bit more about community and community involvement, we always make it a point in these AMAs to to discuss, you know, different ways folks can get involved. And that's also been more formalized recently. Uh, you know, Dumpling, maybe maybe this is one for, for you to talk about since you're a, a shining living example. Um, you know, what what are some interesting highlights on the community side of things? You know, what what have we kind of built over the last couple of weeks in terms of organization? And then are there ways, are there needs that the community can help fulfill? Absolutely. Yeah. As much as we've built and as much people who have flooded in to help, um, we also do have several, um, you know, kind of open positions, things that we need help with. Um, in the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of really fleshing out the the org chart and the the organization of, of things through both Notion. You may have noticed uh, the Discord has been kind of reorganized and just building out the DAO um, in general, you know, organizing things in terms of roles and responsibilities for certain members, communication, um, best practices, you know, so it's been uh, quite the infrastructure month, which we're kind of finishing up here. Um, a lot of the project management side of things is, is really coming along. There's a new way to apply if, uh, if you have uh, interest in working for the DAO, you can go on the sidebar, you can scroll down to DAO Beanstalk Farms, uh, and you can hit apply and look in the different departments for what's for what's needed. Um, if we have uh, technical people with with experience, uh, technical writers with experience writing like doc like docs for, um, I mean for other other protocols, but maybe also for software that sort of thing. Um, we are looking for that. If we're look we're also looking for um, folks in in marketing who have good experience, um, you know, in marketing and leading groups of you know teams of people, um, and we're also on the business development side of things. Um, Max So is leading that up, but he has now uh, one or two people who are going to be helping him in a very part-time capacity. But people who have a little bit, um, you know, more experience in the business development side of things, um, be sure to reach out. And there will also be, if you want to get involved in kind of a more fun way, uh, there's going to be, you know, in a more part part-time capacity, the layer three bounties are going to be coming up uh, really soon. So you can look at those. They're going to be expanded. It's going to be really fun. There's a lot of cool ones in there. So Farmer Dan has put those together. And those are going to be the first initiative that goes through Bean Sprout. So on the topic of Bean Sprout, uh, that's another opportunity for people to, if they have their own idea, if they have a, an interesting idea that they want to move forward with, they can submit an application uh, through Bean Sprout. That will be added to the uh, both the Notion and the Discord here pretty soon. So an application for Bean Sprout. Um, if you have an idea, say that you wanted to, um, if you wanted to, for example, start a Beanstalk, um, there's been some discussion of a Beanstalk podcast. Uh, if you wanted to head that up, you know, buy microphones, get guests, organize all this, dedicate a certain amount of time to it, this would be the sort of thing you could submit a proposal to. That proposal will be reviewed by Bean Sprout, and then uh, it would, you know, it, it would get refined, and then you would get a lump sum 
you know, payment for your project. And then, you know, you, you could uh, pursue that project and that's through Beansprout, which is like our accelerator. So that's really exciting. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. There's a ton of exciting stuff. Uh, if you don't know exactly where you might fit in, you can always DM me, we can have a quick chat, kind of a discovery chat to figure out where you might fit in and what your skills are and interests are. And yeah, a lot of good stuff uh, coming up in Q1. So look forward to speaking with you. Um, IPO, I did have a, a question that I wanted to uh, throw out to Publius real quick. It's kind Go of a micro it. question. Um, this was, uh, it was on the Discord and I just jotted it down. Uh, it was, has there been any discussion of Beanstalk attempting to auto-arb its own pools now that there are multiple pools? They'll inevitably be arbed by bots at some point, And it seems that the protocol trying to arb them themselves and distributing these profits to the silo or otherwise might improve the protocol and might be preferable to some rando doing it. So, uh, Publius. So, this is where philosophically Beanstalk doesn't really work with something like that. So a lot of different uh, stablecoin protocols uh, use PCV or POL, protocol control of value, or protocol on liquidity to uh, maintain their peg. And we really feel like the way to build the most robust, resilient money is to have the protocol itself make the least guarantees possible. Beanstalk makes no guarantees, in fact, other than your pods won't expire. It won't default on your pods. And as soon as you have some sort of arbitrage that Beanstalk is doing, uh, you move away from that. Now, at a micro level, if the protocol is committing to buy and sell above and below a dollar with a certain amount of liquidity, that also becomes very easily manipulable uh, to, to various market participants because they know beyond a certain threshold that there will be some additional volatility above or below the peg, and they can take advantage of that. And so as soon as you have Beanstalk commit to some involvement in peg maintenance, you expose the protocol to some sort of larger manipulation. And so the goal is to instead have uh, an efficient market for beans, stock, seeds, pods, soil, created through incentive structures that encourage a wide variety of market participants to all, uh, over time, uh, because of their own individual incentives, return the price of a bean to a dollar. Okay, I think that makes sense. I could see how that would also add. The more the more complicated you make it, the more kind of attack vectors and things you could you could introduce, sometimes without even even knowing it. Um, and also, the introduction of ARBs should help our stability, and that's people won't ARB unless there's an opportunity for that. Um, so that's one other thing that pulled to my mind, but. Okay. Uh, one last point on the community. You're asking the community for help here. We are actively looking at different marketing agencies, folks in the 
the Twitter sphere and, and other individuals or groups or companies that can help do some outreach for the project for obvious reasons. So if you have any connections there or you have any ideas or interesting interesting things we can pursue, feel free to shoot me a DM. We have a couple of different folks working on marketing efforts, but uh, we have a few meetings, uh, you know, Dumpling, you're aware of this, a few meetings scheduled this week, and we're definitely trying to make a, a ton of progress on that and make as much noise as we can out there. Good noise, though, very intellectual and and proper noise, but noise nonetheless. So if you have any connections there or or know anyone who does, feel free to slide into my DM and and let me know. Yeah, we would just also uh, highlight a couple people have mentioned that we should go on some podcasts. Um, we're very open to that. And, you know, if the community has, uh, you know, anyone that they'd like us to speak to on their podcast, you know, we think at this point, that's probably a good use of our time. And just to speak on the layer three bounties that Farmer Dan is working on, one of them is uh, introducing us to a podcast. And then if that podcast ends up getting recorded, uh, there's a bounty for that. So that just a little added incentive uh, for someone who, uh, who wants to introduce us to a podcast. Yeah, maybe we can have a couple of those. Yeah, I think there's up to five, uh, you know, we zero to five. So if no one does it, zero. But if, if uh, 15 people do it, we'll do it for the first five or the biggest five or the most successful five. Yeah, if, if anybody knows Joe Rogan, do your thing. Yeah. Heath Wallet, what's going on? Do you have a question? Hello, guys. How are you? Uh, what do you think about reaching some YouTubers, great YouTubers, uh, to speak about uh, speak about Beanstalk? I think Twitter is uh, good, but <clears throat> some people said that uh, YouTube is uh, better than uh, Twitter. Do you have any in mind, Ethwallet? Like any? No, just specific... an idea. No. As you know, there is a big, uh, big uh, YouTubers, but I don't know if they accept. Sure. Yeah, I think that that's a reasonable place we could reach out and uh, and see. Were you thinking more of an interview format? We do have some videos that are being created that we'll be putting on YouTube. But um, as far as interviews, uh, YouTube could be good, or maybe we could you know, incentivize or pay people to to do review, you know, a sort of a review of Beanstalk or, you know, a, a high level crypto person to do that. Um, yeah, maybe we could chat offline about what might be a good idea there. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that could be a good, that could be a good bounty. And, you know, ideally some of the agencies we talk to, if we, if we do end up, you know, engaging one, then ideally they have some connections there as well. WeeBay. I'm going to tell you WeeBay tag. What's up? It's WeeBay. WeeBay. Got it. I'm a lifelong lifelong bean guy wondering, Publius, can we do some work to create some content that directly addresses the number one question and criticism of the beanstalk from potential investors, which is why beanstalk isn't a Ponzi scheme? 
like it would be great if there were a set of resources that directly responded to that particular framing of the question and criticism. Can we be a little bit more targeted in our materials? Because it seems like a lot of the stuff that I see on the Twitter and on the blog is highly technical and theoretical. It's like the Zuck approach to just sort of directly explain what's happening instead of responding to the narrative. But I think we should be responding to the narrative. So I'll, I'll jump in quickly, Pulis, before you do that. We do have, we definitely have resources. I think this is just a a common a common issue of different things existing in different places. But uh, Bean Merchant, who who's in the same A as well, has put out uh, an FAQ for Bean. It's you know, AK the the unofficial Bean FAQ. In that FAQ, the exact question is Bean a Ponzi scheme is addressed. Uh, I feel like you have to address that question. I, for I'm, I'm familiar with the doc. I don't think that you know, all due respect to Merchant, my good friend, I don't think the the messaging of that response is direct, is thorough enough. Like, we should revisit that. Sure. And and look, I'd be, given my work in marketing here, I'd be happy to connect with you. I, I completely feel you because this is the number one question that I'm answering as well to, to folks because I do think it's the number one question you do have to answer before, you know, folks get in or or some folks are actually looking for a Ponzi because they think they're going to get in early. Uh, so yeah. completely understand where you're where you're coming from, and um, you know we should we should definitely connect. But but Publius would love to hear what what you have to say on this. So, with regards to the macro comment of access to information and how to present that information and whether it's good to directly respond to it, uh, hope right now there is sort of the white paper and then everything else, if you will. And the, there needs to be a lot more documentation around Beanstalk uh, as it continues to grow and to make that information really widely accessible. And while we're biased towards being really open about technical information, we recognize that people have other questions that need really thorough answers to as well. And so the hope is to move sort of to the to a gitbook, a Beanstalk gitbook that is contains all of that information in a nicely formatted way. And it's going to be a lot of work to get that up to par with the quality of the documentation of the white paper, for example, uh, and to have it have different tones to reach different audiences. But that is something that is you know top of mind for, for, for Beanstalk Farms. And as Dumpling sort of gave a shout out, you know, if people are interested in working on technical documentation like the Gitbook, uh, they should reach out. Now, to answer more substantively the, the question or criticism around Beanstalk being a Ponzi scheme, there's a couple. A, it totally makes sense why people want to understand that. B, if you look at something like ESD or Basis Cash, it sure looks like a Ponzi scheme. And so, it's really important, as you say, WeBay, that there is a more clear answer to that. So there's a couple, both in practice differences, but then from a theoretical level, things don't quite line up with a Ponzi scheme. So in general, a Ponzi scheme is mechanically where you are taking money from one group of individuals and giving that money to another group of individuals. and one of the key differences here that makes Beanstalk not a Ponzi scheme mechanically is that Beanstalk isn't 
giving your money to someone else because it has the ability to mint new money. And so instead, uh, while there is still very much like needs to be an answer to the Ponzi-like dynamic, just at a micro level, there is that difference there. And the way that that plays out is that because Beanstalk can mint its own money and can incentivize new demand with that ability to mint money, in practice, uh, the, the economics that prevent a, a collapse in the system is that Beanstalk needs to be able to mint uh, enough money to pay off its debt um, over time. And that's where the sustainability comes from. And in practice, Beanstalk can mint more beans uh, than there have been beans bought when there is a, a time-weighted average shortage, excuse yeah, shortage of beans in the pool over consecutive previous seasons. So let's say someone buys a million beans on the open market and nobody sells, or 500,000 uh, beans are sold, and so now there's still a time-weighted average a shortage of beans in the pool of 500,000 beans. Um, if, if there continues to be a time-weighted average shortage of beans for consecutive seasons, for 10 seasons, Beanstalk will mint half a million beans for 10 seasons. So despite the fact that only a million dollars of demand came in, uh, assuming that there are no sellers, um, there isn't necessarily any supply that is coming due. And so from a more macro mechanic level, Beanstalk, as long as it uh, doesn't have people that are always, every time they get a new bean, willing to sell it uh, right at a dollar, it can mint more beans that are used than, than are bought and therefore pay off its debt level. Now, ultimately, this doesn't really answer the question of, well, you're just taking in money to mint more money. And so at the end of the day, it is really important that there is real utility for beans that are developed. Because in order to prevent people from just selling their beans at or around a dollar or even below a dollar during a run on the bank, the goal is to create real use for beans across DeFi. And so Ooh, instead, yes. go ahead. Um, yeah, first of all, that, that explanation makes sense to me. I'm a believer. So I think by and large, again, I'll repeat, I think our largest challenge is that many people do not understand or believe that explanation or view that as meaningfully different than the definition of a, of a Ponzi to consider us something different than that. And I consider that to be, in my personal experience with Bean, uh, with Beanstalk, like some other people on this AMA have said, I've experienced that to be my biggest issue with helping incentivize new investment on the platform. People see me involved. They want to invest. I explain how it works. They say it's a Ponzi. I explain how it's not. And But the ways that it's not are not sufficiently meaningful enough to make it feel not enough like a Ponzi scheme to make people interested. So I really, really think that a top priority for the DAO should be, like you said, creating new documentation that explains this better. The second thing is we talk a lot about our ability to maintain the peg over time. And whilst that's like a mechanical issue that needs to be proven and, and borne out over time, obviously, because losing peg would mean we lose everything. It, it seems like we should be placing a much higher focus, even at this stage, on utility 
And I know that's what, um, I forget what the name of the new program is, but that's what that program is developed to incentivize. But how much of your time are you spending between, you know, thinking about the actual mechanics of the platform versus thinking about our, the ways we're building utility on the platform? Because as far as I'm concerned, there still has never been a, a beans killer app. And until we get that, we'll really never, ever be able to escape Ponzi discussion. Well, what you say is 100% correct. And Bean Sprout is designed to hopefully help incubate and develop uh, one or more of those killer apps. So we would just echo that sentiment and say that we recognize that that's all, everything you just said is correct. And developing real utility for Beans is essential. Now, we spend, I would say, you know, a significant amount of our time on documentation at the moment. Um, like when we're not on phone calls and working on uh, the DAO and getting everyone organized on the DAO front and taking calls with uh, potential protocol integrations, we're spending an excessive amount of our time working on documentation and maintaining the white paper and making sure that uh, there's there's live documentation around in stock. Uh, and, you know, we take your comments very seriously that there needs to be more focus on documentation around that type of messaging. And uh, as we work on the Gitbook in the coming weeks, that will, you know, that will be a focus. And this is incredibly helpful and constructive uh, comments. Well, thanks. Please DM me if you want anybody to help. And long live Bean Merchant. Yeah, we would also echo that sentiment. Bean Merchant is uh, pretty epic. There will be a snapshot uh, to honor him as Chief Evangelist of Bean. Just wanted to mention that. <laughs> These beans. What's popping? Hey, I can just sent you a, a friend request. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just uh, came up to also kind of address the, um, some of the concerns that WeeBay had. Um, definitely agree with WeeBay. Um, and we are definitely working on those concerns right now. Um, as far as things that are going on in Beanstalk Farms, uh, we've taken the past couple of weeks to do like a huge uh, branding initiative. Uh, trying to really understand understand where we place in the market, our brand, who we are, who our target audience is currently, um, all of that content, all the creative content, all the all the things that we need to, to hit the people that we want to onboard are in the works for sure. And so, um, yeah, just wanted to kind of echo what uh, Publius was saying about hopefully in the coming weeks, like we'll be able to see more of that come to fruition. Right. Um, I think we had a few more on the AMA. Um, to bean or not to bean is asking, I believe the biggest area of doubt here, at least from people I've talked to, is how does Beanstalk begin to pay off its $600 million of debt and eventually get to that larger deleveraging and growing to the size of facts for a UST? What will catalyze Beanstalk to be able to start that deleveraging process and get the ball rolling? Um, 
So naming a specific catalyst is very difficult. The hope is a combination of things like the curve pool, the pod marketplace, um, stock and seeds going live will start to create that general positive uh, environment that is conducive to some some sort of catalyst. Now, just speaking substantively, if you look at how Beanstalk behaved during its last growth cycle around Thanksgiving, uh, that was really kickstarted. Uh, you know, when when like a single wallet put in around a million dollars over a short period of time, a little over 200 ETH. And basically, if you go to the analytics of the website and go to the field and the harvested tab and go to all time, you can see that during that two week stretch from around Thanksgiving to, uh, you know, around where the current pods harvested is, there was around 15 million pods harvested. And the growth of Beanstalk during that period was from around a 20 million supply to a 50 million supply. Uh, it, it, it increased by around 150%. Um, a, increasing the supply just here, another 30 million from 40 to 70, um, would result in a, a decrease in the pod rate under the new soil rules for BIP 6 and BIP 9, um, would result in almost a halving of the of the pod rate and if you assume that beanstalk grows 150 percent uh now the pod rate is going to be down 60 percent um and uh in short the that type of decrease in the pod rate should be which again shouldn't require that much capital to get going should give Beanstalk a lot of wiggle room over the next couple of months to, to to start a larger deleveraging. And under the new soil parameters, we don't anticipate after that small growth cycle, uh, you know, no matter how large it is, if it's 30 million or uh, 70 million, or I guess uh, 150% would be 60 million of growth in the supply, uh, we don't expect the pod rate to necessarily get this high again in the near future. And so uh, the hope is that the, the environment is ripe for a larger deleveraging at some point over the next couple months once that initial deleveraging happens. And just at a micro level, we don't anticipate more than a couple million dollars of demand for beans are necessary to start that deleveraging. Uh, and so, uh, you know, again, we're more focused on uh, developing technology that can help facilitate the catalyst for demand than on the specific demand itself. That makes sense. And something I didn't understand um, until really probably a couple of weeks ago is that it's not like if we're if we're trying to get beanstalk to a billion beans and we're at 40 million right now, we don't need $960 million of buy pressure uh, because of the reasons that you laid out in a couple of answers today, which is uh, a big difference. <laughs> you know, um, Akio, do you have any um, other questions you've seen or wanted to um, ask? I'm looking through the, the channel right now. Um, shout out. Shout out Nasdaq, by the way. He put together uh, a good document on the journey to a, a billion beans. So for folks who haven't seen that, please take a look. 
Uh, and also take a look at the NASDAQ Publius podcast. Uh, someone asked earlier about YouTube. If um, you know folks do run podcasts, obviously look at the, the layer three bounties, but we can put content on YouTube as well. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a interesting question. Who's, who's the other Publius? Um, I, I think this might just be a good opportunity to, to just clarify for those who may be new. You know, Publius, as far as we know, it's a team of two of you. Who can say? Yeah, who, who knows? Might might even be Joe Rogan. You never know. Yeah, there's elk meat uh, in the fridge. <laughs> at least, at least two. I think what we can say. At least two. It's like it's like Mr. Smith in the Matrix. You know, you you never know. It could be everybody. Um, I personally don't have any any further questions. Uh, if folks want to raise their hand, maybe we can squeeze one more in. Anybody? We are recording this, by the way, so if anyone joined a little bit late, you can listen to the recording later and get a feel for what we talked about in the beginning. I think before we wrap things up, Julius, do you have any closing thoughts, anything you want to you wanna say before we, we wrap up? And, and I have a few things to say, too, but... You know, we've already spoken a lot about the opportunity uh, that Beanstalk has in front of it. I just want to use this as an opportunity to say thank you to the individuals that are actually making it happen. Uh, we really have been uh, blown away by the, the level of interest and entrepreneurship and self-starterness that has been displayed uh, by many of our incredible members of the community here, many of whom are PFPs in this in this call, and that's what that's what gives us, you know, it's not about the energy to wake up in the morning, but that's what gives us just this incredible fire inside that makes us feel like this is this is something real that's happening, and so want to issue a a call for anyone else that isn't currently actively working on Beanstalk but is curious and thoughtful and hardworking and wants to be a part of something great uh, and WeBay, we love the shout out here so we'll definitely be in touch um you know there's this is a wide there are a wide range of opportunities available for contributors and want to get as many people involved working on Beanstalk as possible and so this is we really hope that this is just the beginning and are excited to continue on this journey with everyone. Awesome. Dumpling, anything anything you want to add before I close this out? No, I think I think we've uh, pretty much handled it. I kind of shouted out everything I wanted to in the in the beginning of it. So um yeah, go ahead. Let's wrap. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining in lieu of class today. I think this was super beneficial as, as they, as they often are. Once again, this will be recorded. So feel free to hit up the, the Spotify when it's up and, you know, look out for the rest of the week. We do a Twitter spaces every single week. Dumpling is a part of that hype Bay hosts that as well. JWW joins. It's a great way to talk, not really just about beans, but just about DeFi in general and to get additional folks in the Twitter community into into getting bean pilled. So uh, I usually send out, uh, you know, Dumpling adds it to the calendar and I usually send out a notice in the chat. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That's weekly. 
And, you know, most importantly, as, as we've talked about, the community not only has grown so much, but we're really all in this together. And the energy is very, very much unbelievable and positive. So if you do want to get involved and you do want to at least find out where you can get involved, please reach out to Dumpling. And moreover, if, if there are concerns, you know, I think, you know, WeBay did a great job of voicing some personal concerns he's been having that clearly we all feel. So if you have concerns like that, feel free to, you know, DM any one of us and and let's keep this moving and harvest these pods. Oh, and uh, go vote if you haven't checked out the snapshots yet. There's quite a few of them live. I think 15 or 16 um, are up there. So you can go take a look at those and uh, and vote. Yeah, and, and snapshots are free, right, to vote. Yes, free, no, gasless, gasless voting, so. Gasless voting, exactly. <laughs> so exercise your right. Um, I'll post right. the link well, in the uh, AMA questions, just in case anyone doesn't know how to get there. All right, the link is in the AMA questions. Go vote, do your duty, and thank you very much.